Hello, Stitchers. Welcome to Stitch Please, the official podcast of Black Women's Stitch, the sewing group where Black Lives Matter. I'm your host, Lisa Woolfork. I'm a fourth-generation sewing enthusiast with more than 20 years of sewing experience. I am looking forward to today's conversation, so sit back, relax, and get ready to get your stitch together. and welcome to the Stitch Please podcast, the official podcast of Black Women Stitch, the sewing group where Black Lives Matter. I am delighted to be joined once again by a repeat guest, Miss Quinora Irvin of Quinora Renee Fabrics. Um, joined us very early on in our podcast presentation. Um, she appeared in an episode back in October of 2019. Um, that's episode three, where she was talking about fabrics that start a conversation. And she has continued that conversation with this next group of fabrics that she is releasing from her company. So welcome, Quinora, and thank you for coming back. Thank you for having me, Lisa. I'm really, really excited. Glad to be back. It is so good to talk to you again. Hooray. So um, we're going to be talking about custom fabrics again, y'all. And I know that a few episodes ago, we spoke with Emerald Curtain Fabrics and Pamela, Mm -hmm. um, who I think is recently celebrating her one year anniversary. And so this is a chance for us to, um, and so you all please go check her out. I know Quinora um, shares this same value that I have with Black Women's Stitch that we really believe in community, not competition. Um, so I'm rooting for everybody black, you know, so, right. you know, I, anybody out there, if you are, if you are a black woman and you have a sewing related business and venture, hit me up because I want to talk to you and I want to elevate and amplify what you are doing. So, um, Pamela was on the show a few weeks ago and that was a lot of fun. Um, and so to have Kenora back is also amazing. Um, Kenora, let's just get started talking. Let's just start with like an overview well, actually, before we get started about the fabric, we also I did not mention that Quinora is also a podcaster. Um, she she and her husband have a podcast called Married and Shit. So tell us about that and where folks can find that. Um, so folks can find it, Apple Podcasts, your favorite podcasting sites. We're on um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Google Podcasts. And you can also watch us. Um, on Facebook and YouTube. And um, we started the podcast. We just started a few months ago in March. Um, My husband, Chris, he's been wanting to do a podcast for a while now. And I finally broke down (laughs) and was like, all right, let's do it. Um, So it's just basically us giving our personal views on our marriage, the way we do things, societal norms, um, finances, parenting, just uh, overall um, podcast. So it's not just for married folks. It's not just for folks with kids. It's pretty much for everyone. We talk about a wide spectrum um, of topics, just about our opinions, our views over the last 10 years, well, now 11 years that we've been married, um, and just everything that goes on in current events. It's like hanging out with two fun people. Basically. Yes. That's exactly. what it's like. 
exactly. like hanging out with two fun people. So check out their podcast. And I'm so excited um, to see um, Kenora and Chris um, and, you know, talking about like their their love and their life and history and just response. I don't know. It's pretty cool. So do check out that show. But so let's get talk. Let's get let's let's get into the custom fabric world. Um, this if you go back again, I'm asking everyone to Again, check out episode three with Quinora. Check out, there was a pre-episode just before episode three where I explained a lot about the custom fabric world. Um, also, Pamela talked about that uh, with Emerald Curtain Fabrics. Can you share a bit more, Quinora, about why you got started with custom fabrics in the first place? So I got started in custom fabric um, when I was looking mainly to sew for my daughters and when you go to your general Hobby Lobbies, Joann's or other fabric, even online retail uh, fabric stores, you cannot find fabric with brown and black faces. It's just not possible unless it's a specific Disney, you know, movie that's coming out. And that's the only thing um, that you will pretty much find, not your normal you know, little girls with makeup or little boy superheroes, they're not, they're not going to have faces that are representative of me, my family and our culture. Um, so that's what got me into it for myself and for the girls. So that way, when we wear clothes, it looks like us. Um, and also to, as you had mentioned earlier, to start a conversation, there are a lot of things in the black community that are taboo to talk about, that are not spoken about. And so one of the things that I want with my fabric um, is to have a conversation and that um, opens up the world a little bit, whether it's the Juneteenth fabric I have where people will look at and say, you know, we're, we're showcasing, we're broadcasting Juneteenth or the breastfeeding fabric that I had. Um, oh, I love that one. I know I love that fabric so much. <laughs> and the same thing goes with the, you know, anime that we have coming up. I mean, how often do you see anime characters that look like us? Um, and, and cosplay and anime is such a, I don't want to call it taboo, but it's not talked about and it's not common within the black community. But these black cosplayers out here are doing the thing. So I just want to also highlight that with the fabric. Absolutely. And I would say that I don't think I don't know if it's that so much that it's taboo, that it's forbidden. It just goes unnoticed. Yeah. You know, I mean, there are a lot of black cosplayers. Mm-hmm. It's not that black cosplay is secret. They have com- they have conventions. Um, they participate in majority white conventions. They they create their own projects. They you know, they do these amazing videos. And of course, because we sew. I'm always just enamored of the outfits that they've made and the details and, you know, so they are there. It's -hmm. just like with anything with black folks, it's like, we have been there. It's that people just aren't paying attention, you know, and that this, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't conform to this standard or expected idea about what we are supposed to like and what we are not supposed to like. And those kind of limitations I tend to just call them what they are, which is essentially white supremacy, right? Mm -hmm. Which is this overall ideology that says that, at least in in the United States, that what is normal is also what is white. 
What yes. is standard is also what is white. And I can't, I can't tell you how many times I have gone to a store and looked for pictures of seeing like photo, you know, pictures or images of children on fabrics because I wanted to make something cute for one of my boys that had like a bunch of kids faces on it or make like a, a shirt or make a, a, some, some napkins for their lunchbox or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's all white kids oh. or they think they're doing us a favor by having 10 children and three of them being light Brown. Yeah. Um, I mean, I have found more fabric with bears on it. Like I walk by, I'm like, Oh, look, Brown faces. And it's like, no, that's a bear. Yeah. You know, like they are, they're more committed to putting bears and round dogs with smiles on them. That I mean, that's where you're going to find, if you're looking for something brown, you mm-hmm. can pretty much believe it's probably some little animal face, exactly. which is deeply offensive on another level, right? It's mm-hmm. the same reason that people say that um, in terms of thinking about how folks have these really negative views toward the continent, that folks care more about Africa's animals than they do about African people right? That the Lion King, which I do love. I do love the Lion King. I can't talk bad about the Lion King because my mother loves Lion King. She's seen the film. She's seen the Broadway show more than once. She, I think she might've even seen the movie, the live action movie with the actual lions. You know, she loves it. Um, But some would say that pretty much it's just, you know, it's essentially Hamlet. Um, And why would this not, like, how could this happen? Um, with animals instead of with black people, right? Like, what does that mean? You know, so it's those, it's those kind of things that when you, one of the things I love about what you said, Quinora, was like, there are many issues in our community that are very meaningful for black sewists and for black women, and they don't get erased when we sew. Mm-hmm. They don't disappear, you know? Right. Um, and so we're black women with black children and we want to have our children represented with some cute little ballet dancers and spa people. But when we go to the store, we cannot find them. Right. Um, and so like, that's one of the wonderful gaps that I think that you are closing. Um, and one of the things that you are starting to help us have this conversation about is to make things visible that have been there all along, but are invisible. And one of those is, you know, is the structure that says when we put people, when we put people on fabric, those people are going to be white people. And that, that just seems so like lazy as well as dangerous um, because it just, it just limits, it's just, it's just laziness that limits the imaginative possibilities for other people. Um, And that's why I'm so glad you came along. So thank you for what you are doing. Thank you. (laughs) So let's get into this anime round. Um, tell us, tell us a bit about how buying custom fabrics works. If someone, and we're going to talk about the details of the designs, that there's a couple of photos of the designs that's part of the episode notes. Um, they're also going to be part of the episode art. So when you look at this episode, depending on where you look at the, where you listen to your podcasts, you will see. Um, these images of some of these fabrics. Um, so, but before that even happens, let's talk about how does someone buy this fabric from you? How does that work from beginning to end? Okay. So the first thing is um, customers will either follow me on Instagram or they are um, a member of the Facebook group. So on Instagram and in the Facebook group, I'll release and say, okay, these are the patterns that's coming up. 
um, and I'll give dates and information. We do sneak peeks. So that way you, you have a way to know what's coming up. Then we have a round. Each round will open. Um, I generally keep my rounds open for two to three weeks. And when the round opens, that means the fabric is available to pre-order on the website. So you'll go to the website like you would any other fabric retailer shop. You'll go, you'll make your selections, and you'll check out. After you check out, you'll get your email. And even on the website, we'll put in there, because this is a pre-order, it's not Amazon two-day prime delivery. Because <laughs> I'm like, don't be call, don't be calling me, ask me about my fabric. Two, ten, it's been ten days. Where's my fabric, lady? Right, right. And I know I'm I'm an Amazon person. I I'm online shopper, but this is one of the ones where patience is a virtue. Um, because after the two to three weeks is over, so um, once the round ends after the, those two to three weeks, I submit the order to the printer. And then the printer will actually uh, print all of the fabric for all of the orders, and then it's shipped to me. After it's shipped to me, I go through each and every yard, and I cut it to order. I package it to order, and then I send it off um, to the individual customers. So the total process can easily take two months. So if I have a round, um, let's just say that ends today. It would be about four to six weeks, which is about a month to a month and a half before I even get it here. And then once I get it, I usually try to get my stuff out within three to four business days. So that way tracking numbers are sent and you have it. So generally I say uh, whatever the round close date is, you will have fabric in hand within two months, which is why we try to do um, a lot of our themed um, designs really early and ahead of time. Like when Christmas is getting ready to come around, my fabric is already out into the hands. Like you're ordering Christmas fabric in the summertime (laughs) to make sure you have it well in advance. And do you also, um, I know that, that there's folks that, um, would like sometimes prefer to order retail from you as well. Mm -hmm. Can Mm -hmm. you talk about like what a retail offering might be and what the difference is between ordering through this pre-sale process that you're describing and just buying it directly from the website. Do you do a lot of retail? I do retail. Um, I don't do as much, but um, I do retail. Usually I keep retail to whatever 10% of the pre-order was. So let's just say, for instance, total pre-order was 50 yards, you know, combined. Then what I'll do is the I'll see what's the most popular and then I'll order retail based off of the most popular pre-sale um, designs. Now, the difference between pre-sale and retail is your pre-sale price is going to be at a discount because you are making um, the decision ahead of time to go ahead and purchase this fabric. So you're essentially buying it, you know, without seeing it. Versus retail, retail means that I put up the upfront cost of everything with the hopes that it will sell once it gets to me. So for retail, it is going to be a higher uh, markup on it. But flip side, you do have the um, you do have the positive of you don't have to wait the two months, but it is definitely limited. So if you know that you want something, I tell people all the time, get it during pre-sale, you pay a lower cost and you know that the fabric is going to be there. So if you're one of the people that likes buying, you know, three to four yards of a design, 
that's not always going to be guaranteed with retail. Retail, you may only have, you know, one to two yards that's available as orders come in. So if you know, like for me, for most stuff, I buy three to four yards, get it during pre-sale. Right. Because, you know, because you as a as a business owner, you don't want to have all this stuff sitting. You know, you're not going to order like this much extra because, like you said, you've calculated that 10 percent extra could go for retail. Mm -hmm. But you're not going to say, okay, let me do 20 percent because that's so much more money and so much more risk for you. Yes. Um, to have yes. retail offerings. So, and, and that's what, inventory, you know, and fortunately I don't have a warehouse to where I can house, you know, yards and yards of fabric, you know, this is ran out of our home. So I don't have the space, uh, capacity to be able to hold, you know, yardage, uh, that large. So that's why another reason why retail is definitely limited. And what, let's talk about the types of materials that you will be using. Um, if you are new to the custom fabric world, the word that um, folks use in this community is bases or base, B-A-S-E. And if you think about base as a foundation, um, you can have a particular image and you can print it on different foundations or on, diff in this case, different bases, which is the type of fabric. Can you tell us about what bases or fabric options will be available during this round? Yes. So we use cotton. We have cotton woven, which is your non-stretch, 100% cotton, we'll have available. We'll also have cotton spandex. Um, our cotton spandex is 96% cotton with 4% spandex. Mm -hmm. um, and then we also have bamboo spandex. So it's made from rayon, from bamboo, but it also has spandex in it to give you a nice stretch. Um, we also have double brush poly, which is that soft, buttery type feel. I think double brush poly has kind of made like a real, in the last few years, a real um, presence in the fabric world because it's similar to those leggings. Um, right. Yeah. I, I can't remember the Lulu, Lulu. Oh, yeah. What were they called? Not Lululemon. Um, Lu I know exactly what you're talking about. It's yes. like a lot of women were selling them. Yeah. LuLaRoe? LuLaRoe? I think LuLaRoe. I think that's who it was. What was that buttery? Girl, I don't know. I make my clothes. I don't know what, <laughs> what people buy. <laughs> I, I know it's, the, it's like I buy Lululemon because I get gift cards, um, <laughs> even though they're problematic and they keep like doing racist shit. And mm. I'm like, why? What? You know, what? first first of all, you sell this this jacket costs two hundred dollars, and you can't stop being racist. What is wrong with you? Right. Um, and then, um, but I think it, maybe it is Lularoe. I think it is, but okay. that that buttery. So that's double brush uh, polyester, and then I also do um, swim. Uh, okay. Swim okay. Mix. Yeah. So that's what'll be available for. Um, this particular round, and each round, the bases will kind of change up depending on what the design is. Can we just spend a few minutes talking about three of the fabrics you just mentioned? And I'm asking because I want to know, <laughs> because I'm trying to think about the sewing that I do and the sewing mm -hmm. that I enjoy and that um, in two months when the fabric arrives, it'll still be summertime, right? Yeah. Um, summertime, maybe heading into fall. And so what is the difference between cotton lycra, 
bamboo lycra, and DBP, or double-brushed poly. What is the difference between the three of those? Because you know something that we've been, I've been very interested in, and we're going to have an episode about this next week, so I hope you all are following along. we got a great contest coming up, or a giveaway, rather, coming up about bra making. I've been making a lot of bras and underwear, and I already, the underwear I always made a lot of, but the bras are kind of new. And because I now am like pretty fanatical about bra making now, um, you can use them, you can use stretchy fabrics if you stabilize them. And so what of the three fabrics, I guess the first question is, talk a bit about cotton lycra, bamboo lycra, and double brush poly in terms of recovery and breathability. What of these fabrics would make good panties? What of, which of these fabrics would make good leggings? Which would make a good drapey, um, cool kind of sundress, maxi dress to kick around in in July? Okay. So the main, main difference and what's probably going to answer most of those questions is the main content Uh, fiber content of all three. So cotton lycra is obviously cotton. Bamboo lycra is uh, bamboo and double brush polyester is polyester. Those three differences is what's really going to tell you what it's going to be best for. Cotton lycra is going to have the best recovery. Um, This is the one that you want to make panties out of. You can make leggings out of it, but you want to make sure you get um, a heavier cotton spandex, one that has a... um, maybe like a 10 to 12 ounce um, cotton spandex. Um, for bamboo, You that's going to be a lighter weight because it's made from rayon from bamboo. So it definitely has breathability just like cotton lycra does. So you could make panties out of it, but it's going to be a lighter weight panty. Um, recovery on it is not as strong as cotton spandex, but it still has good recovery. It's not going to... Um, waver on you like rayon um like rayon Rayon will make you want to fight and or lose your religion (laughs) because like sometimes like i'll get these fabrics and i'll just love them they're so beautiful and i get them home and i'm like what happened what was i thinking first of all i think i can sew pretty well but the rayon fabric is like bitch i don't think you can because um, I'm going to move over here and then now I'm going to move over here. It's like, and, the dance I want, and then I'm going to drape over here and then I'm just going to lose all, all my stretch and just be, exactly. you know, stretched you, out. You yeah. make it, you make a dress, you hang it up and you come back and it's like, how are you growing? Are you a child? How are you growing? <laughs> exactly. So that's why I love bamboo. Uh, knit because it's the rayon from bamboo. So that's what makes it the difference. So instead of it having that horrible stretch recovery, it has better stretch recovery and it's still breathable. It's still lightweight, but it's not that flimsy stuff that you be getting from, you know, the other rayon. Okay. okay. And double brush poly is, is not as breathable. So, okay. If you were to make it with panties, I would definitely use a cotton lycra lining um, lining on the inside because um, it's not going to be as breathable. Okay. I don't even okay. use um, double brush poly for like infant clothes just because I'm extra fearful of how it of does breathe. Yes. Um, since they don't have that regulation yet. That's right. Right. So I would use, you could also use it for leggings. Um, it's going to give you that warmth to kind of like trap the heat in. So I wouldn't okay. use it in the summertime. Okay. Definitely not. 
But it's probably like, it's good for like a long, it could be like a good fall thing. So if you look at like, yes. for example, a wrap dress, um, yes. a wrap dress in double brush poly. I know okay. um, a lot of folks, you know, a lot of us at Black Women's Stitch, we like the Appleton dress by Cashmerette. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Have you made that one yet? Have you ever I made have that? Not. I have not. I'm telling you, friend, you I have need got to. to make this dress. I feel like it's so, it looks good on everybody. Mm-hmm. I have not seen anyone who's made one. I'm like, oof, that was a miss. No, I have not seen it. <laughs> Every, I'm serious. You know how sometimes yeah, like, yeah. you know, you know, pattern designers, they might be, you know, you know how with the size inclusivity issues, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah, mm-hmm. you know, but Cashmere Red, I really like because they do, um, think they start from a block that's based for like actual women's bodies, you yeah. know, instead yeah, of the like the idea average of the American woman. Yeah. A woman who has, you know, who is not a pencil. Right. Yes. And so like that, I really like, and it, it's just, it just feels really good on. It doesn't gap in the front. And so whenever I think about double brush poly, um, which sounds like I think about it a lot, but I actually don't. Um, but whenever I think about it, I think, oh, this is going to be a good wrap dress, or this will be something that's good for like mm-hmm. the fall, you know, when it starts to get a little bit nippy, something cute with boots, yes. you know what I mean? Or long that's sleeve exactly t-shirt, turtlenecks, mm-hmm. um, you know, something with layers. So yeah, that's cool. Okay, good. Good. Well, yeah. that's helpful. Thank you for taking the time to um, to go over that with me. Let's take a quick break. Uh, and when we come back, we will talk more about the art itself. So I, you are listening to the Stitch Please podcast. We are talking with Quinora Renee of Quinora Renee Fabrics. And we'll be back in just a minute to continue this great conversation. Stay tuned. at Stitch Please, the official podcast of Black Women Stitch, we talk a lot about sewing. But if you want to see and not just hear about some of the things we've been discussing, feel free to join us on the socials. You can find us at Stitch Please on Facebook, and you can also find us on Instagram at Black Women Stitch. You can find photos of projects that we've been working on, really interesting social commentary and on Thursdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time you can join Black Women Stitch for a live Instagram chat again that's every Thursday at 3 p.m. so find us on the socials follow up with us we are happy to hear your direct messages you can reach out to us at the Black Women Stitch page on Instagram and we'll help you get your stitch together Are back. Um, thank you so much for listening to the Stitch Please podcast, the official podcast of Black Women Stitch. I am happy, happy, happy to be back talking with Quinora Irvin of Quinora Renee Fabrics. And she is going to, we're going to talk about, um, and I know this might be a little kind of weird to talk about some of the imagery because like 
sometimes I think, Quinora, like your podcast is such the way to go because yours is video based as well as audio. And mm-hmm. sometimes when I'm doing sewing things, I'm trying to, I feel like I'm trying to describe things in really, really good detail. But sometimes uh, you just kind of just have to see it. So someone, yeah. I did the episode a couple of weeks ago about using uh, wax free tracing papers to do darts and mark things on your pattern. And yeah. I was doing really good details about it. But I was like, gosh, this just be easier to show somebody. Um, and someone like wrote to me and they were like, I'm still having trouble. Can you maybe make a little video or something? And I was just like, I am thinking about it. But And if I if I do, I'll, you'll be the first to know. But mm. I, I, I just cannot add another thing to this plate. I just yeah, cannot. I cannot figure out like when you're talking about um, we were having a hangout, you're talking about the ring light and this and that. And I'm like, uh... I'm just going to have to have people use their imagination and just contact me directly if they need a photograph. (laughs) (laughs) Because I do not have it in me to do a video. Um, But the images that you have uh, created and presented here, um, everyone, what we're going to be looking at or talking about are six images of really powerful, unique um, Black anime characters. I think you have it pretty evenly divided. It's um, three women, three men. Um, And can you talk a bit about what makes your six anime characters for this Black anime round so unique? Um, Well, first, they're Black. (laughs) Uh, There is that. (laughs) There's that. Um, But this was really a collaboration between me and the artist. Um, I went to him on what I was looking for and I drew inspiration from anime that um, I watch with my husband and that he watches because I don't watch all the anime that he does. He's the one that kind of got me really watching different anime outside of the typical Dragon Ball Z. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and um I went to him and I was like, this is, this is what I know that I want. I want to represent the, um, a range of skin tone. I want to represent a range of hair texture. So Afro locks, I want a range, you know, because I, even though there isn't one that looks exactly like me, there are ones that I can see myself in. And that was the most important thing for me. So it's like, I may not have a six pack, like, you know, the, one of the sore gladiators, but she has that fro that I rock every other day. Right. Um, so that was kind of like the, the beginning of it. And through it all, he was like, okay, well, you know, how do you want this person? What type of weapons do you want? You know, so he created the act each, um, individual and then I just kind of added the other things around it it's really it's really fantastic and so you're saying that you and an artist collaborated with inspiration um that from from like from your from your husband and like you know since you guys watched anime a bit together um and then you wanted this variety and range of characters i really think that's so thoughtful and it makes it broader and more expansive mm-hmm. because it's not like you're trying to be based on any particular character you're not trying to um you know, replicate what some anime already has and just, you know, 
you know, you're trying to instead make something completely new. So talk a bit about the the drawings themselves. Like, I think you said that the artist that you work with, how did he um, pull these together? Is, are these digital drawings? Are they hand drawn? Like, how does, like, in, the t- in terms of the craftsmanship of the art itself, what are your thoughts on that? Because I think that you really did hit the mark with, the different hair textures, the different skin colors, the different body types, like all of that I think is really very powerful. Yes. So they were all hand drawn. Um, and then he digitized them for me to be able to use. Um, and yet yeah, we took a lot of different elements. So it was like, I like the sword from Inuasha. So I was like, I want one of them to have this really big, massive sword. I like, you know, one person to be like a phoenix. I want one person to have a tail. I want one person to, you know, do this or do that. So, and I wanted different poses. I wanted um, just each one to be able to stand alone uh, for when people would buy just this one panel, um, but at the same time still tell a story in whatever position they were in or whatever elements we incorporated in with it. Um, and he was really, really awesome at taking uh, my suggestions, even when I wasn't 100% sure what I wanted. Um, I'm like, yeah. I want, you know, it's hard to kind of really uh, explain what it is that I I want when it doesn't exist. You know, if I know that I want some fries, I'd be like, oh, I want some fries. But if whatever I want to eat doesn't really exist and I just want to try and make it work, you know, you kind of describe what you want. And he was able to really take all of that word vomit and just, you know, <laughs> and put it together into something that was really, really awesome. Like when he sent me even just the beginning stages of him drawing it, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to love it. Now, do the characters have names or are you just thinking about, do you identify them based on certain attributes? Um, Just certain attributes. So um, in one of them, there's um, a gentleman who is behind a red sun. So I just call him the red sun warrior, mainly because um, for most, he would identify as a male, but you know, who knows, maybe he you know, identifies as something else. So I don't have any of them with specific, like girl gladiator or anything. So I use more of the elements that they're, um, presented with, like, uh, the one with locks who I would present as female. She's just the orb energizer because she has these orbs that's surrounding her. Um, so that way, no matter how someone may personally identify, it doesn't matter. It, it shouldn't directly relate to what the fabric that they want to choose. And that's so really, it's so powerful because what it's saying is that, you know, you are recognizing that just like race and racism are, you know, constructs that are invented, so too is gender. Um, mm-hmm. And that gender presentation has to be, has to be, is a, is a matter of kind of personal relationship, right? Mm-hmm. And that it's not, it's not meant to be imposed from with, from the outside, you know? Right. And so someone could, you, instead of saying, you know, this is sword girl or sword boy, you know what I mean? Yeah. That you're not trying to put these things on people. Instead, you're looking at them holistically, Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that I think is just really powerful. I'm gonna, I want to talk about my favorite character. Um, okay. I like the person who 
to me looks as female. She's got a it's a pink back like a pink watercolor background, and she's got cargo pants on and those sandals that mm-hmm. um, that I think that I've seen in different Japanese films where you wear the sandals with the socks. Yes. Um, I don't know what those are called. I don't um, but she's got those on, and then she's got these like just this this sleeve on one arm, and then like another sleeve. It's just a really great outfit and I love her hair and I love the look of determination on her face. Um, can you talk a bit about her and what your inspiration for her was, was, um, was, was about? So she is the one, um, that I probably identify the most with. Um, she was one of the ones I definitely wanted her to have an Afro, but I wanted her to have, um, dimension to her Afro, which is why if you look kind of close, the bottom part of her Afro is colored like purple and purple. Yes blacks and brown like this is not just a black circle like I hate that in artwork where people (laughs) put a big black circle on something like oh it's an afro like no that's that's not (laughs) that's not what our hair does exactly there's there's dimension there's texture and I feel like you can really see that um in her and I mean honestly I wanted her to be a total badass that was like I want her to be a badass and actually the sword that she has is um, from my in- inspiration with Inuyasha. It's one of the anime that my husband watches. Um, in that uh, anime, the main character, he has a really huge sword. So like when it's holstered, you don't think that it's as large as it is. And I was like, I want the sword to be literally as large as she is. Um, so we had to kind of go back and forth because I think he took it a little too literal at first. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, wait a minute, that's off the scale. Off scale. How is someone supposed to wield that thing? <laughs> so we we scaled it back a little bit, um, but it still gives that like, don't fuck with me. I will mess you up with my sword inspiration, and that's what I wanted from her. It's one of I think that when I look at her and I look at the other um, character, um, the one that's in front of the fire, it really is. You know, it gives new meaning to I came to slay. Yes. Yes. And I love that's that's my Phoenix. Like she was the one that I wanted. um, I just wanted to add uh, just a little extra so that you can tell that she is human, but maybe she's not human. Like I want people to think, like, is it a tail that she has? Is it maybe a special attachment from her costume? You is know, it a just, weapon. I thought it was some kind yes. of weapon. I thought it was like something that she yeah. can wield. But if if you're saying tail, then of course I'm thinking scorpion because of the way it's so. You know, it looks like this is something. Mm-hmm. It's this gold sharp point. Um, like if you get touched with that, then you are really going to be, you know, breathing your last few breaths, um, kind of situation. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, I love, I love that one. That one was, and then just even the, the wardrobe that he did on everyone is terrific. Really? Cause I know cause I'm looking right now at the one who reminds me of the old school video game street fighter. The one with it's in front of, I'm not sure if this is it's a dark blue with this mm-hmm. like light blue orb around it. That's kind of like a, I don't know if it's like a swirling planet or a vortex of some kind. Yeah. So what is this person's story? So he's the one that I kind of made, um, this person I made, um, to kind of give a little bit of, uh, to be a little more familiar, like most of the black people that I know that 
watch anime probably started off with Dragon Ball Z. Oh, and okay. So I wanted something that looked kind of familiar, you know, kind of like, oh, he looks like I would know where he's from, but we all know that he's not really from there because he's not. <laughs> um, so that's the kind of vibes that, you know, kind of like the beginner anime. So it's like, uh, yeah. I'm not really into it, but I think he's real cool looking. Yes. He was, he was my inspiration for, for I- that. I like the visual references that you are making, that someone who is familiar with anime will be able to say, oh, I can see the attributes that she's drawing on, or I can see this person's pose. Even if you have no familiarity, as I don't, um, mm-hmm. with anime at all. I mean, I know what I know what it is. I know where it comes from. I know that people cosplay it. My own boys watch these very esoteric series um, that I have no idea what's happening. People can fly. Um, they yeah. have journeys. They fight a lot. There's a lot of fighting. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I, I don't follow it. But what I love about what you've created is that there's another vocabulary behind the anime vocabulary. And that's the vocabulary of Black beauty, um, mm-hmm. of Black imagery, of, you know, centering things that are uh, normal for Black folks. Um, And we can see this in the care of the work that your artist and you have collaborated to create. So congratulations on that. I wanted to hear more about um, something I thought you did that was really unique when we were talking earlier, is how you have organized these images on the fabric itself. Um, yes. I think that's really, uh, really unique. And I'd love to hear you talk about that. So uh, what, I'm, what I'm speaking of here is if you decide, for example, to order some or pre-order some of Quinoa Renee's fabric, what you'll find is the, I find that custom fabric is a bit wider than mm-hmm. buying regular fabric. And that the way that the printing works is that you can, that the printing might um, it's different than what it's not, it's not like going to the uh the, to the fabric store and ordering like five yards of fabric and it's all going to come in one continuous piece and it'll all be the same thing. Um, yours is a bit different or custom fabric in general is a bit different, but yours in particular is doing something really cool this round. So can you tell us about that? Yes. So um, with custom fabric, uh, you can we can sometimes do the designs in what's called panels. So a panel is just a block of uh, fabric with one particular design. So for all six of these characters, if you just wanted that character, you're just going to get that one character on a block of uh, fabric. Now, of course, we know, you know, fabric comes 45 to 60 inches in width, but you want it to be scaled to your size. So normally what custom fabric companies will do is they will take a yard of fabric. They'll put one design, the one panel on one side of the fabric, however large it is, because it can come in different sizes. And then for the remaining part of the yard, they will give you a coordinating design so that, you know, you have your main kind of like your main topic, and then you have your supporting details all on one yard of fabric. Yes, yes. Um, So what I decided to do with this, starting with this round, I kind of dabbled a bit into it with the breastfeeding round um, to kind of like as a test. Um, What I'm doing with this one is I'm making it so if you're a person like me, for instance, where it's myself and I have three daughters, if I wanted to order a person, a character for each 
of eat for each of us, I would have to order at minimum four yards just to get the four characters for me to make a garment with. Um, That's a lot. That's a lot. (laughs) That is a lot. Because custom fabric, y'all, just as a reminder, you know, as as you might have deduced from hearing Quinora talk about or, you know, hiring an artist, um, sending the art off to be like approved and digitized, um, taking that digital image and turning it into fabric, having it be printed, having samples come to her, having all the fabric come to her and then cutting it all herself. This is not $9.99 a yard. No. <laughs> no. Not at all. So when someone said, I've seen customs, I think pre-order is between 18 and 22. Yes. And retail... Some of the retail, y'all, I was just like, ooh. Yes. People are people are paying $22 for a fat quarter, $60 yeah. for a yard of fabric that they could have pre-ordered for $18 if they mm-hmm. had known how popular it was going to be. So, so it, can I just, get up there. it can definitely get up there. So the idea that um, a mom who wants to sew for three girls needs to buy four different yards of fabric that might have the image printed and then all the stuff around it. So like the image is what, eight inches tall? And then it's like, yes. you know, yards of fabric. It feels like all around the edge. So tell us what you did differently with this. So um, first I uh, decided to really nail down the sizes of the images and see what would I want um, in panels. And seeing how it's me and my daughters and having the different sizes. So I have different sizes of panels, which that part isn't uncommon, but it's the way that I have the sizes organized onto a yard. Um, So the name is still pending, but it's going to be a yard that you can individualize. So if you know that you want three Uh, different characters depending on the sizes you can fit all three of those characters on one yard and you're only paying for one yard of fabric Um, that's really amazing yeah (laughs) so that way if you're, you're you're like me where I would let's say get a large panel of one character I could get a small of another character and then two craft sizes of a third character and that's where the sizes really is gonna um be the most important and that's what I really wanted to focus on is having the craft size small medium and large so that when you're buying this you know exactly the dimensions you're gonna get you know exactly how large the the character is gonna be so that way you can make your plans accordingly and I think having the new craft size which is um, 15 inches by nine inches. So that's 15 inches across and nine inches tall or the other way around? No, no, exactly what she said. 15 inches across. So the stretch would go across the 15 inches Okay. and then nine inches, um, down. You can okay. easily do, i some of my testers are going to do tumblers. Um, we're going to do cloth pads. We're going to do, um, we're going to try and see if we can make a uh, uh, panties out of it. Yes, yeah, I'm telling you that uh, that's what I was that's what I was thinking of. I'm like that size, the 15 across and the nine inches tall, depending on what panty pattern you chose, that can make a pretty cool panty. Yes, yes. And then if not, we have the small. So the small is going to be 30 inches um, wide 
and then 18 inches um, down. So 30 inches would be uh, with your stretch. And then the size of your character is going to be eight by eight, which, and that's like the whole totality of it, not just the, you know, so you can have some space, some negative space around the character. So that would also be um, suitable for a panty. So we're going to try and see Mm -hmm. if we can get it out of the craft size uh, just to see. But yeah, mm-hmm. you can easily, depending on, and I'm going to have examples um, on the website, but depending yes. on exactly which sizes you choose, you can easily get, you know, up to six panels on one yard of fabric. Oh my word. That is so impressive. And I'm, I'm hoping, I, I'm, I think that your description has been really excellent, Knorr, and hoping folks understand it. Yeah, I, I hope think- so. Well, I think I, I think I'm not saying that people aren't bright. I think that it's just you know I think it's hard. This is I guess what I was saying about the kind of the limitations of an audio podcast versus a video podcast. But one way to think about it, y'all, is if you've ever done something like pick stitch, or if you've mm-hmm. ever made um a, a collages a collage on your phone to kind of put, to cram a bunch of pictures in. You can do that, for example, like with Instagram. Instagram is only going to allow your pictures your your frame to be only so big. Mm-hmm. And if we think about that similarly um, as what Quinora is describing about the yard of fabric, you can get you can, you can get this yard that will have, you know, 18 inches of it can have this piece. And then the other 18 inches can have several of the, you know, four of these going along the side. And so like, I, I think that's really cool. People can basically build their own yards. I yes. was thinking of a name um, as you were talking. I was like, what if you call it like, make my yard or, um, yeah. Make you know, my like yard. make my yard or me make yard or my personal yard or something like that, you know, mm-hmm. do it yourself yard or I don't know, something like that, that just helps people realize that what they are doing is choosing their favorite characters mm-hmm. from this collection and putting them together in a way that makes sense for them. Right. Also, Quinora Renee has a strike team that though I have known her for like almost a whole year. She has um, yet to, um, um, I don't know, invite me or um, ask if I wanted to sew something. I think it's a really long list. I, I already had the woman on the podcast two times and I don't know what else a person has to do to get on that strike team because it sounds like a really great thing to be doing. It's called a strike team for goodness sake, which means that, which also makes me want to like cross my arms in Wakanda forever fashion whenever I hear somebody say strike team because um, it makes me feel like a badass. But I don't know. Maybe I just haven't demonstrated enough, you know, value to my sewing for her to see. Oh, whatever. Um, Lisa. I'm just saying. I don't. I. I. You know. I. No, I, um, I don't know what else to say about that. But um, I'm pretty sure no, that I could. It's actually funny that you mentioned that because it'll be on the group. But um, I was actually going to bring to the group uh, you guys being my exclusive uh, strike for a new round that I have coming up. Um, oh. and guys, um, cause I really, like, I'm really, really excited. Don't get me wrong. I'm really excited about the anime round, but the one that I sent you with the multiple faces. Oh, yes. So I, oh. yeah. So I'm a, I'm trying to put it all together, trying to see what's the best way. Cause I know everyone's not on Facebook. Everyone's not on Instagram. Um, but I definitely want to give you guys first dibs on, that round because I'm really really excited for that one to be coming so I was debating between that one or my next inspired Ankara uh, African print round one of the two 
I mean, you all, Quinora has so many different fabrics and designs and drawings and art. Um, she is really incredible. And she's done, she, I think she continues to innovate. Um, and she's also like one of the nicest people you'll ever meet. So, um, <laughs> except for when she's not letting you sew strikes for her, she's like super nice. And, um, yeah, I just feel like y'all, we all need to go out and support. And because I've already decided, what did you call the woman with the purple, the purplish afro? Because I see her as my person, and so I want to find out when I go to your website, like how I can, like who I should be looking for. What did you she, say her name was again? Uh, the Sword Gladiator. Okay. And then the the names will be there, um, so that way everyone can see all of them. Uh, I'll have the little pictures with their name underneath so that way there's no confusion, um, hopefully, because I built my own website, so we're going to say hopefully. It's going to be awesome. This all sounds so great. Um, I am so glad you were able to join us today, Quinora, to talk about this new Black anime round. Um, Is there anything else you want us to think about as we move forward to looking forward to the fabric? Um, You know, join the Facebook group and Instagram. We try to not only promote our fabrics and the things that we have coming up, but, you know, like you said earlier, we promote um, other black uh, sewists and pattern designers, you know, just like Pam. I recently bought some fabric um, from her custom shop um, and just try, you know, more about community versus competition. Yes. Yes, I, you know, I'm about it. I'm about it. Well, thank you so much. I will make sure that there are notes in the episode notes. You'll be able to find links to Quinora's Instagram, Facebook pages, in addition to her website. So that'll be there. I'm also going to include some notes on um, or a link to Dragon Ball Z for those folks who might not know about it or in the um, Inuoshe um, show as well. I think that's what you called it. You might just have to clarify that for me because I was trying to sound it out. I messed it up. It's okay. I, I have no idea. Um, I told you I don't know about anime. I really don't. I'm sure my, my, my boys yeah. would be utterly mortified. They'd be like, how did you get a PhD and you don't know about this anime? You know, like because my PhD is not in anime. That's why. <laughs> Um, and I love the custom yard that you're working on the make my yard or however you're going to describe it, because I would like to have some variety without having to buy yes. like yardage, yardage, yardage. And that I think is really exactly. great. I think it's nice, a nice way to look out for the consumer, giving people options and choices without overburdening mm-hmm. folks. So that's really very, exactly. very thoughtful. Yeah. All right. Well, Kenora, once again, it's been so great to talk to you. Thank you so much for taking the time and doing this. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Lisa. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of the Stitch Please podcast, the official podcast of Black Women's Stitch, the sewing group where Black Lives Matter. There are a variety of ways that you can support the program, and you're doing it right now. By listening to the, pro- by listening to the podcast, it does help us grow. Another way to do that is to rate 
the podcast, review it, subscribe to it. All of these things are ways that you can support the podcast without having to spend any money at all. If you would like to spend some money to support us, there are ways to do that as well. You can make direct donations to our Patreon site for monthly contributions, as well as one-time contributions to PayPal, Cash App, or Venmo. And finally, we have another cute, very adorable way for you to support the Black Women's Stitch Project. It's a pin, a P-I-N enamel lapel pin that's very cute. It's about two inches wide and one and a half inch tall, and it's of the Black Women's Stitch logo. And that is $15 with free shipping to the U.S. And so if you drop $15 in the uh, PayPal, Venmo, or Cash App accounts, and then send me your email, no, not email, if you send me your mailing address to my email either at blackwomenstitch at gmail.com or you send me a direct message on the Black Women's Stitch Instagram page we will put the pin in the mail to you. Um, again free shipping, $15 for the pin and all of this goes to support the Black Women's Stitch Project. Thank you again for joining us this week. Come back next week and we will help you get your stitch together.